right, well, welcome back to week three of our series called Clickbait, as we are talking about how the enemy baits us into grabbing a hold of things for our life. And I think every one of us in this room have probably had those moments on the internet where we click on something thinking it's one thing and it winds up being something else. Uh, sometimes gives a virus to our computer. And uh, so many times the enemy cons us into, or baits us into grabbing a hold of something like fear or anger or unforgiveness. And we grab a hold of that and it causes havoc within our lives. And it doesn't have to. And so that's what this series is all about. We're addressing these things and learning how we can overcome them within our life. Now, before we dive off into that, I do want to take a moment. I want to welcome anybody who is here as a first-time guest. Uh, what a privilege to have you with us today. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacey, and I are the pastors here at Journey. And we're honored that you would come and worship with us this Sunday here at Journey. And I, I want to take a moment also and welcome everybody who is joining us online right now as we're streaming this service. Journey Church, can we give everybody who's joining us online a great big hand clap this morning, a great big Journey Church welcome. I love it. Now, I do want to remind you of a couple things uh, that we have going on here at Journey. You guys have heard us talking over the last several weeks about our new campus in Watson. If you are here, uh, new here at Journey, uh, we are in the process in spring of 2020. We're going to be planning a brand new campus in Watson. And uh, I've told everybody, kind of envision it like this. It's, just an, uh, it's only five miles away. It's just basically an expansion uh, or an extension of this campus over in the Watson community. And a lot of people, we have a lot of families here at Journey that are part of Watson already. And some of them may want to say, hey, look, we want to make that our campus. And if you are interested in that, we're going to have a meeting on uh, September the 8th. We're calling it uh, a vision meeting, an interest meeting, whatever you want to title it. But you can visit our table in the foyer. We have a table set up where you can go out there and sign up. A lot of people have already signed up to be a part of that meeting. Very excited about that. And then we also have what we're calling one for Watson. Uh, some people might say, well, is this just for the Watson people? No, no, it's for the entire church because we're all the same church. And so here's what one for Watson is. If you would pick up one of these uh, in the foyer, we're asking everybody who's a part of Journey to step up and to assist us in the development of that campus. And here's what it looks like. We're asking everybody very simply if you would contribute $1 a day for one year, one for Watson. Y'all like that, huh? That's pretty cool. One for Watson for one year, uh, which is how many dollars? Man, y'all smart people up in here. I love it. But so $365, very simple, very easy. Uh, like Stacy and I together, we say we're going to do that. Uh, it's $730 for us together because we're both going to do that. But we're asking everybody if you would get one of these, tear off that card, fill it out, and drop it at the Welcome Center or in the offering bucket as we all make a commitment towards the development of that campus. And so God's doing some really awesome things. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about it. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all good. Now, here's what we're doing. We are in this series, and today we're going to go a little bit further with what we started talking about last week. If you were here last week, we had a lot of fun. We talked about anger. We were real about it. And today I want to go a little bit further in this. And the reason why is because I want to show you a pattern that happens within our lives. And here's what the pattern looks like. How many of you in this room have ever gotten angry before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, all of us. You know why? Because we talked about this last week. Anger is an emotion. 
It's something that we have. And we get angry. And if we're not careful, we learned last week about how, how to deal with the emotion of anger. Because if we don't deal with it, here's the pattern. Anger turns into unforgiveness. And unforgiveness begins to dominate our life. It begins to dominate our thought process. And here's where it gets ugly because the pattern continues. Anger turns into unforgiveness. And left undealt with, it turns into bitterness. That's when it gets ugly because I'm going to tell you something. Bitterness is an ugly root within your life. It digs down deep into your life and it affects you in such a, a, a tremendous way. And here's what the pattern looks like. Anger, unforgiveness, bitterness left unchecked within our life will weigh down and will eventually wreck the relationships that God has brought into your life. Your marriage, your family, your friendships, your co-worker friendships, your neighborhood friendships, it begins to affect you. It can affect your church friendships as well. Because God has called us to deal with these things. And in fact, we're going to see here in just a minute to get rid of these things. Now, I get it. Everybody's like, well, Pastor Jay, why are, why are we talking about this? Here's why we're talking about this. Because we live in an angry world. We live in a world that is continually offended. Have y'all noticed that? It's like everybody gets offended like, boom, at the drop of a hat. You probably have seen the videos on Facebook about parents arguing at the ballpark and getting into a, a fist fight at the ballpark. And we watch that stuff, we're like, shame on them. And then we're watching our kid play ball, and we're like, what's your problem, up? And we start hollering and screaming. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing some smiles up in here like, yeah, I've been, I've been there. Okay. Because we live in an angry world. We've seen the videos of people having a fist fight at Walmart. We've seen the videos of people getting into a, a, an argument, a fist fight, or whatever in traffic. We've even got titles for it. We call it what? Like road rage. We live in an angry world. This past week, everybody in this room had the opportunity to get angry about something. In fact, I had an opportunity yesterday to get angry about something. You want to hear about it? I thought so. I told you last week that one of the, the pet peeves that I have is whenever somebody, you know, in traffic, like, you know, waves at me with not all their fingers. And yesterday, Todd and I, we were driving on our way back from our camp. We had gone to go check it out after the Mississippi River had gone down. And we were coming through St. Francisville, and we were having a great conversation. We were actually talking, I believe, about uh, the, the campus in Watson and all the things that the Lord is doing. And there was a guy behind me. He was on my bumper. And so I'm, I, it's four lanes through there, and I'm in the left-hand lane, and I'm, I'm passing up a truck, and I'm going to get over so that this person can go on by because uh, I was tired of him scratching up my bumper. Uh, and so anyway, I pass this vehicle up, and just as I get to where I can, like, you know, get over, I go to change lanes, and this dude, he, like, just, like, flies over and goes to go around. Well, I was already starting to go over, and... Uh, Whenever he saw me start to come over, it made him mad. And I'm like, dude, I was just trying to help you. And he laid on his horn, and it wasn't a Christian honk, y'all, okay? <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, like, beep, beep, I'm here. It was like, like, rah! And it went on forever. 
And so in that moment, I decided to honk back at him. And it wasn't a Christian honk. I was, I was kidding. I, I honked, but I was like, you know, like, oh, why are you honking at me? Honk, honk. And I, I wasn't like, like mad, like, you know, and he pulled up next to him and he likes, he's like looking at me like, you know, like, hey, what's up? And I'm just like, hey, what's up? And he went on by. And so I, that was the end of it. Y'all, y'all were expecting something like really like, did you, did you run them off in the ditch? You know, did you like rear end them? Y'all were expecting to, it to be something really serious. But you know what? We're talking about dealing with anger, right? And I dealt with my anger. <laughs> but seriously, we live in an anger world. And t- this is what Tyler said. He said, you know what? I hate dealing with stuff like that because you never know what's going to happen with people around you. That made me think about that. It's like, seriously, in this world where people get angry, people are offended, you never know how people are going to respond. And so we need to learn to deal with the anger that we have because we don't want the pattern of unforgiveness and bitterness within our life. And here's what's really cool. Whenever you begin to talk about the emotion of anger and you talk about dealing with your anger and getting it out of your life and all that kind of stuff, a lot of times people are like this, is that even possible? Is it even possible to deal with it and get it out of your life and get rid of it? Well, Paul, uh, when he wrote the book of Ephesians, he addressed this, and he thought it was possible. And the reason why he thought it was possible, because you need to understand something. When Paul wrote the passage that I'm about to read to you, he was in a Roman prison, and and he doesn't know what his life's going to look like. And his life may actually end rather soon. And he he doesn't know what the future holds. And so he's writing this. And even though he's in bad circumstances, he's dealing with bitterness and he's dealing with anger. And he says this. If you have your Bible, you can look with me at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32. And this is what he addresses. He says the first two words are something that we need to get a hold of here. It says this. Get rid of all bitterness. Now look at that. Right up there for you guys to look at. Everybody say, get rid. Get rid of all bitterness. Not, not, not a little bit. I'm going to get rid of some of it. I'm going to deal with a portion of it. No, no. Get rid of what? All of it. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Basically, he's addressing it all here. Hey, look, the issues in your life, the attitudes in your life, the things in your life that are ugly, deal with them as the body of Christ. Why? Because he goes on to talk about what we are to look like with Christ. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God what? Boy, forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. What is the antidote to anger, unforgiveness, and bitterness? It's forgiveness. It's exactly what God extends to us. And he's telling us, hey, you got to get rid of these things. you got to deal with them. They're going to weigh you down. And if you're not careful, what happens is you go through life and more and more of this stuff begins to build up inside of you. And here's the problem that we have so many times as believers, so many times as individuals. When we hear this, we make excuses. We say things like, well, well, you you don't know what they did to me, Pastor Jay. I'm justified in this. Or... We say something like, well, you know what? It's not my fault. They're just, they're just being stupid, so I have a right to be that way. Or, it's, you know what? It's in my heritage. I come from an angry family. 
we make excuses. We hold on to stuff instead of getting rid of it. And I brought this today to give you all an illustration. And my wife, it was so funny, because I walked up in the first service. She did not know about this. I walked up and she said, what are you doing with that? I said I brought it as an illustration. And I'm going to tell a story about you. She says, you didn't get that story uh, authorized. So she had to deal with her anger. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Y'all see this? Y'all like this? I have tried to sell this in a garage sale for years. We got any garage sellers in the house? Because from time to time, we'll do a garage sale, and this is how it rolls in the Coleman house. My wife hates dealing with stuff, and she's like, you know what? I don't really want to deal with that. You deal with it. I'll get it all out. I'll, have, I'll set it up, but then you go deal with people, and when they're like, I'll give you a nickel for that. And I'm like, it's a dime, you know? She's like, I don't want to deal with all that, so you deal with it. I'm like, okay. But our personalities are different because everybody knows that opposites what? And then after you get married, opposites attack. Uh, and here's the deal. I'm the type of person that I'm like, clear it all out. The clothes, the stuff, we don't use it, get rid of it, sell it. I can get a nickel for it. And, uh, you know, just get rid of it. And if we haven't used it for more than about three days, sell it. <laughs> Stacey's like, no, 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 no. We've had that, you know, for the last 400 years. And we're going to keep that. And we don't use it, though, Stacey. I don't care. We're keeping it. And this right here is a prime example of that, that we bought this, what did you say, 15 years ago? We used it, in our, and this has not been used within our household probably, what, eight years? Four years, okay, more, more like five. Whatever, she said whatever. I'm going to go with five, she's going to go with four, let's say four and a half years. This has been in a box and this morning as I was walking out, I'm like, you know, it'd be great to use an illustration for this. So, oh, there's that box with that thing and other things. And my wife refuses to get rid of this because we may use this again one day. Or somebody that we know may need this one day. So we can't get rid of this. And so she says, I'm going to hold on to this. And I refuse to get rid of it. And I've tried to sneak it out of the house. I have. I, I, had a, I had a box with this and several other things that I had put in the garage. And I was going to sneak it out and dump it in one of those things on the side of the road where they asked for donations. And she sniffed it out like a bloodhound. She was like, you are not getting rid of that. Put it back in the box. We're keeping it. We are not getting rid of it. And she holds on to it. And that is exactly what happens so many times with the things within our life where we've gotten hurt and rejected and we have unforgiveness in our heart, we have anger in our heart, we have bitterness in our heart, and we go just like this, I'm not getting rid of it, I'm justified in it, that person did this to me, you don't know what they did to me, it's my family heritage, the excuses mount up. And we hold on to it instead of what? Getting rid of something and it weighs us down. Now, I'm asking $5 for this. <laughs> it actually still has the price tag on it from when she bought it. It was 
She got it on sale. There you go, baby. All right. Give her a good hand clap because... My wife is very good natured. She hears me tell these stories, and a lot of times she just sits there and smiles, and she's thinking, you'll pay later. No, I'm sorry. Uh, but seriously, we do that. We hold on to stuff. We think, I, I'm, I'm not getting rid of that. I know that Scripture says get rid of it to clean house, to deal with the anger and the unforgiveness and the bitterness and all that. I can't, can't do it, but Jesus dealt with it. In fact, I love how Jesus dealt with it because what happens when he dealt with this, he talked about it in a way that all of us can understand. He talked as though the way for us to deal with these things that mount up within our life is to extend forgiveness to people. And he put it in a way that it's as though it's a decision for us to cancel debt that we hold on to. And the story is like this. It's in the book of Matthew chapter 18. And I want to read this to you because this is a, is a story that most people are familiar with. But whenever you hear the story again, it kind of reminds you as the body of Christ how we need to be acting. It says this. Therefore, just, this is Jesus telling this story. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a lot. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt, going into slavery. And at this time, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay everything back. And the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. He didn't say, let's work out a payment plan. He didn't say, hey, look, you still owe this to me, but we're going to work it all out. No, what he did, he canceled the debt, and he let him go. Pretty awesome. But when that servant went out, he's like, oh, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good day. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him about 100 silver coins, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees. He begged him, sound familiar? Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. But when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. Look what he said, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Now, this is the sobering part. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you. Everybody say me. me. Make it personal. Me. This is how he will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In other words, as the body of Christ, let's quit holding on to stuff. And let's start surrendering stuff to God and dealing with things. And let's be ones who are able to counteract anger and unforgiveness and bitterness by being ones who actually will walk in forgiveness. Now, here's what happens. When someone hurts us, someone offends us, someone rejects us, there's a sense within our lives that a debt is created. You might say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, because we get angry. We make statements like, well, I'll get even with them, or I'm going to settle the score. 
And the reason why we say that is because in reality it's as though a debt has been established between you and that person. They owe you something. You might say something like, well, they owe me an apology. Or they owe me money or whatever was involved in the situation. And Jesus in this story, he says, hey, look, you got to be able to settle these debts. you got to be able to deal with these things. And I, I like this because it all comes down to forgiveness. And you have to remember this because so many times we hold on to the, I ain't forgiven them. They did this and that and the other. But remember how the, the, story, the story ended. Remember what Jesus said. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive everybody say me a lot of times it is actually us we think of the story oh yeah that's for somebody else no it's for me this story this verse the the principles behind it it, it's for me everybody say me we've got to learn to personalize these things and not push them off to somebody else I'm telling you if you are not willing to forgive somebody then you hinder your relationship with God and God is not able to forgive you in in, in situations that you face now here's the thing the ones who have hurt us offended us wounded us embarrassed us these are the ones that we feel that debt has been established and they owe us and we've got to learn to make the decision that we're going to deal with that debt we're going to be able to move through that We've got to be able to forgive them. And the scripture very plainly here shows us we've got to learn to forgive them or, this is going to sound crazy, or else. It's going to hinder us. It's going to mess us up. It's going to come in between us and God. And Paul is talking here about getting rid of our anger, dealing with unforgiveness, dealing with bitterness within our lives. So here it comes down to last week. We talked about some practical things about saying no to man, saying yes to God. I learned to drop that anger and, and deal with that emotion that we're in. But how do we forgive? Because I'm, I'm going to dare say that everybody in this room, I don't care who you are, you've all been hurt. I've been hurt. We've all been rejected. I, I've been rejected. We've all been embarrassed. I've been embarrassed. We've all had those times where things have the ability to kind of mound up within our heart. And we have a decision, just like that plate, I can hold on. No, I'm not getting rid of it. Or we can say, you know what, i, I got to deal with this. God, I, I give it to you. I surrender this to you. So how do we deal with this? How do we overcome this? How do we forgive? How do we get rid of the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness? How can we go through this? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk you through a four-step process of forgiving, dealing with it. And this is something that has been very real within my life. And I'm actually just going to walk you through what I do in my life. And here's the first one. you got to figure out, first of all, who you're angry with. Because a lot of times, we're, I, I don't know why I'm so angry. That's what people say. But if you really search your heart, you can figure it out rather quickly. You've got to figure out who you're angry with. And here's how you do it. Think about it like this. Who is it you hope you never see again? Man, I hope I never see that person again. I hope they burst into flames, you know. Uh, <laughs> Who, seriously, who is it? That's funny, but I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious, y'all. Who is it when you think about, or you see him, you're like, oh, God. That person is one that you probably need to think about. You're prob- there's something there. You're angry with that person about something. Who is it that you have an imaginary conversation with? Well, I'll tell you what. If they were right here with me right now, this is what I'd tell them. 
Who is it that you have those conversations? In your mind, perhaps. I tell them this and I tell them that. Or maybe you're formulating your perfect response to what happened. Who are you angry with? Who is it that you have a secret desire in your heart that they fail? Or you get news that they fail or something bad happens to their family. You're like, yeah. That's a telltale sign that there's something, that there's something there. Who are you angry with? It, it has a lot of different faces. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be maybe your spouse. It could be an ex. It could be a boss. It could be an ex-boss. Could be somebody in church. It could, could be all types of people within our life. And here's the reality, and this is going to be kind of hardcore. You may need to make a list of who it is. Because as I'm telling you this, there may be a, a tally racking up in your brain of the different ones that there's anger, unforgiveness, bitterness that you're holding on to. And now the realization has dawned on you that that's going to come between you and God if you don't deal with it. So who are, who are you angry with? Here's the next one. That, that you need to think about. What do they owe you? Okay, I'm angry with this person, but what? why am I angry with them? Well, because they owe me. There was a debt established, and what is it that they owe me? What did they take away from me? What, do, what needs to be returned to me to make things right in this situation? My reputation? Money? An apology? What is it that they, that, that they owe you that in your mind would make the situation right? Or at least bring it to the place where you feel like, okay, well, I can live with that. Because that's what you have to be able to establish. First of all, this is who I'm angry with. This is what they owe me. And then here's the next step. Because we, we can come up with the first thing. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, I can tell you who I'm angry with. I can tell you what they owe me. But here's the next one. And this is the hard one. But this is the one that really brings your heart to the place where you can be in right standing where you can with God there's nothing between you there's nothing weighing you down here it is you got to make a decision to cancel the debt and here's what I'm going to tell you it is a choice that you can make the enemy says it ain't ever gonna happen it is a choice that we can make I got to tell you what years ago my heart got ripped out by somebody that I love and it took several years for my heart in that situation to be made right. But I determined that I was not going to stop until my heart was right in that. Because I did not want that to come in between me and God. And guess what? The Lord brought me to the place where I, I was able to acknowledge it. I was able to deal with what was owed. I was able to, uh, to make a decision to cancel the debt. And then from there... The next thing you know, it took some years, but the relationship that I have with that person, God healed it and brought it back to the place to where it, it was, it's a great relationship now. So I'm going to tell you something. You've got to make the decision that you are going to cancel the debt that you are holding on to within your heart. And it all comes down to choice. And here's where you need to think about. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Jesus canceled your debt at the cross. He went to the cross. He paid the price for your sin. He paid the price for my sin. And he didn't have to do that, but he willingly did it because of the love that he has for all of us. Because through that, we can be forgiven. And you might say, well, Pastor Jay, well, what do I do if I'm going to cancel that debt? It can be as simple as you getting on your face and praying and saying, Lord, I give this to you. I surrender these to you. I cancel that in my heart, and I ask you to clean it out. 
Or it might need to be something that's a little bit more tangible. Perhaps it's somebody that you're still in relationship with that you can go sit down over a cup of coffee and say, hey, listen, this is built up in my heart and I want to deal with this because I don't want anything in between this relationship. And you have a conversation with that person. But you cancel the debt. That's what happened in the story here. You say, I can't do that. In the story, the one who represents God, he did that. And think about how God loves you so much, he canceled the sin debt in your life. But Pastor Jay, it's not the same thing. You're right. Your sin debt is a whole lot far surpasses. It's 10,000 bags of gold versus 100 silver coins. Well, you don't know what they did to me. They, they, they called me ugly names. Now think about what God knows about your past and how he forgave that and put it under the blood of Jesus. And it's no more. It's forgiven. The debt in your life has been canceled. And here's where you got to go. Because whenever you get to that place where you cancel that debt, man, it's good. The weight has been lifted. But then the next thing is what you're going to have to walk out for quite a period of time. And you got to make the decision to dismiss the case. You say, what do you mean dismiss the case? you got to make a daily decision not to reopen that case against that person. And let me tell you what, you got somebody who's going to remind you about it on a regular basis. We have a very real spiritual enemy. You might have the mindset, I don't believe in all that hocus-pocus stuff, the devil and demons and all that kind of stuff. Well, okay, that's where he wants you to be. He wants you not to believe that all that stuff is real because as long as you keep your head poked in the sand and don't think that he's real, he can just wreak havoc within your life. I'm going to tell you something. You've got a very real spiritual enemy who hates you, your family, your marriage, and everything that God has done within your life, and he wants to destroy you. But you need to understand that the Bible tells us that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And you can stand your ground and you have spiritual authority, not because of you, but because of your Savior, Jesus, that lives within your heart and has transformed your life. And you can stand your ground and say, uh-uh, no more. You're not putting bitterness, unforgiveness, and all that junk on my life anymore. I'm going to stand my ground. And every time you remind me of what that person did to me, I'm going to remind you that that case has been dismissed. That that is under the blood of Jesus. That person hurt you. That person rejected you. That person embarrassed you. No, 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 no. I've forgiven that person. I've given that to God, and I'm moving on. we got to keep moving on. Amen? Don't get bogged down in the junk of the enemy. Keep moving on to what God has for you. So here's the deal. Some of you in this room are going to make that decision to cancel the debt, and everything's going to go great. And here in about two or three days, all of a sudden, you're going to have something happen that jogs that memory. Who did that? The devil. Because he wants to remind you. He wants to stir you up. And that's when you have to make the decision. Nope. That case is dismissed. That's under the blood of Jesus. And I'm moving on. So here's what I want you to do. I want everybody in this room to close your eyes. And I'm going to walk you through this. This is a very practical thing. And as I began this message, there's some of you in this room, you started making excuses right off the bat. But it's time to push past the excuses and it's time to just get real before God. Who is it that has hurt you? Who is it that has embarrassed you? Who is it that has offended you? What, what, the anger that is there, who are you angry with? Who are you hurt because of? I want you to think, it might be one person, it might be ten people, I don't know. But you know who they are. Here's what I want you to think about next. What did that person owe you? What in your mind would make it right? Money? An apology? Would it make it right if that person 
admitted what had happened. But guess what? Regardless of all of that, you know what that is now, but choose right now to, to cancel the debt. And right where you are, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say something like this. Just talk to God, because he's the only one who can help you through this. And right where you are, I want you to say, Father, I forgive. Right? Just say their name right there where you are, under your breath. I forgive them for, what is it? And God, I give that to you. I turn that over to you. I surrender it to you. And Jesus, I ask you to help me place this under your blood and to move forward with my life. I forgive them for what happened. Say this right where you are. Every time the enemy comes, help me to remember to dismiss the case, God. To keep moving on. To not get bogged down in the things of the past. Lord, I don't want anything between me and you. I want my heart right before you. And I don't want bitterness, anger, or unforgiveness to take a hold of my life. God, I get rid of it. Everybody say, just get rid of it. I turn it over to you. And Father, I thank you for leading me, letting my heart and my spirit be more sensitive to your voice. And Holy Spirit, that you lead me and direct me. Give me wisdom in everything that I do. Bring health and healing into my life, into my marriage, into my relationships, into my family. And Lord, let me be a good reflection of you, of your love, your character, and your forgiveness to people wherever I am. Now, there's some of you in this room, every eye closed, you need to get your heart right with God. There's some of you in here, you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've tried being religious or good or all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. When you surrender your heart to Jesus, there is change in your life. And there's too many people that, that they pray a prayer and there's no change. And this is going to sound harsh, but this is true. If you prayed a prayer to give your heart to Jesus and there's no change in your life, then you didn't get born again. Because being born again means that there's change inside of you that begins to, to take place all throughout your life. That means you're perfect. That means you don't still mess up from time to time. But it means that there's changes taking place within you and you're changing. And people start noticing that. Man, there's something different about you. And so today, if you're here and you say, I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. I need to trans. He needs to transform my life. I need to be born again. That's how Jesus put it. Then I want to pray with you. There's others of you in this room. You recognize your need. That you were... You gave your heart to Christ at one point, but your heart's wandered from him. And you know that today you're far from God and you need to renew your commitment to Christ. So all across this room with every eye closed, every head bowed, I just like knowing who I'm praying for. So if you say, Pastor Jay, I, I want to be part of that. It's, it's time for me to give my heart to Jesus for the first time or to get my heart right with him all over again. Raise your hand. Let me see. Is there anybody here like that today? I see you right here. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this. I see you back here, over here, right here. In the back, I love it. Now, for those of you who raised your hand, here, here's what I want you to do right where you are. I want you to pray this within your heart right there. Pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me the way that you do. You chose to go to the cross for me because you love me. And today I receive what you did. Today I receive the price you paid for me at the cross by faith. And today I admit to you, I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness, Jesus. 
And I ask you to change me, transform me. Today I want to be born again. Jesus, come live in my heart and be my Savior. Today I make you the Lord of my life. And I thank you for your love and your forgiveness, your grace. Jesus, today I thank you that you let me step into your family. Now for those of you who prayed that prayer, the Bible says that if you prayed that within your heart and you surrendered your life to Jesus, the Bible says today you stepped into the family of God. Here's what I want you to do. Listen to me closely. We're going to end this service here in just a moment. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come to the front, and I want you to come and meet with one of them because they're going to talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Jesus, and they want to encourage you. So everybody open your eyes. Look at me. Everybody smile. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap today. Man. Now, today, the, there's some of you like, man, I feel like a weight's been lifted. You know why? Because to forgive people and move on with your life, it feels good. It feels good. But here's what's going to happen. You mark my words. Give it a day. Give it two. Give it three. Whatever. Boy, the enemy's going to come for you. He'll be like, oh, yeah, you forgave him. All right. Remember this? And that's whenever you have to make the decision to what? Dismiss the case. I'm no longer holding on to that. I have given that to the Lord, and I'm moving on with my life. Amen? So here's what I want to tell you all before anybody leaves. Uh, we got a great, awesome surprise for next weekend. Uh, I have a very dear friend of mine that is going to be here. He's been so good to me and Stacy. been great to this church. Next weekend, Pastor Larry Stockstill is going to be here bringing the word. And uh, I know, man, I'm excited. He is a tremendous man of God, and we are just so excited about him being able to come and be here next weekend. So grab about 27 people and bring them with you. Uh, don't know where we'll put them. We'll make room, okay? But let's all stand to our feet. And I'm going to invite our prayer team to slowly begin to make their way here to the front and our altar area. Remember this, church family, if you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is here for you. And as we leave out of here today, I want you to remember this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next weekend.